You all right? You can, you can, I don't know. You ready to start now, are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Edwin, you ready? Yep. Full of confidence, full of beans. Many confidences. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> let's go. Okay, we start then. Uh, hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Wollen, and again, I'm on my own without any of my co-hosts. So Jochen uh, couldn't be bothered to turn up. Apparently, he's got proper meetings to go to. And uh, Mark Jackson has gone off to security land and, and can't get back in again. So uh, it's me on my own. So uh, I'm actually joined by two other people in the room today uh, in the studio. And we're talking Internet of Things. I know the, the, the co-host, not the co-host, the one of the contributors is now looking at me funny. <laughs> I'm trying to work out, does he want to come in or not? Um, so um, I'm joined by two other guys here today uh, from uh, one of the guys is from our internet, who leads our internet of things business in the UK and also by one of our endeavored technical systems engineers. Is that right? Are you a systems engineer now or are you something yes, else? You're still a systems engineer? Yes, Great, that's awesome. Right, yeah, so we're joined by, uh, in fact, do you, want, you can introduce yourself. What's your name? Where you come from? Yeah, Rich Granger. Morning, Justin. Hello, mate. Hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, uh, I look after IoT. Is that it? That's it, literally. Okay. The, IoT, the, internet the, things. the whole look- of the internet of th- things. Yeah, so um, I keep wanting to say thingy. Internet, Internet of, of thingies, thingies. <laughs> because uh, and, and that's more down to a Blackadder thing, really, uh, for those uh, yeah. older viewers. <laughs> and go on and introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Edwin Sutherland. I'm a systems engineer in the UK enterprise industrial team. Yay! Wonderful. So we're here to talk um, Internet things, and uh, it's a topic that I know very little about when I find I know very little about most topics and that's where mostly <laughs> the questions come from me or going I because I don't know what what, it, what any of this stuff is but do you want to which one of you would just want to sort of do an introduction to what is internet of things because it's because th- we did an internet yeah. of everything after for a bit didn't we an internet of everything we did IOE yes, we had yeah. IOT and IOE and I'm like what so yeah, there's, yeah. there's a difference between the internet of everything an internet of things but we're, we're down, we're, we've moved it back down to internet of things it's we? a little bit more specific now isn't it yeah go on <laughs> not go a on. lot <laughs> go on yeah. when, when uh, have you describe it yeah IOT uh, it's, it's yeah in it's creative form uh, Justin it's connecting stuff stuff like uh, yeah stuff um, which is ever so slightly clearer than things um, yeah so I'd call it connecting things right so um, being able to control manage devices remotely or automate them um, and being able to gain data and analytical insights. That's about it, really. So there's gathering data, in it. so that is like the internet thing, just connecting stuff so you can get data from them. Is that yep. pretty much it then? Yeah, I, th- I think at the at, at its generalist form, that's what it's about. It's about collecting data from things and places that you've never really thought about collecting data from. Mm-hmm. And once you've got that data, you'll be able to gain some insights by doing some kind of analytics, some... Um, predictive maintenance work so you'll be able to u- leverage that data to do something that your business didn't have an exposure of doing before yeah so it's it's connecting the unconnected and but the the thing that sticks for me 
is it, it you're going to get a load of data it's not really valuable until you've done some analysis of that data and then you'll yeah. get a business then it'll point you to some sort of business outcome that needs to be done that's it exactly. that's fair it, enough, it's enough. also about automating stuff too right so it's yeah. about actually making things programmable um so that they can effectively do stuff for themselves so whether it's driverless cars as an example it's like an iot of cars um, that's interesting isn't it? The, the cars- i still want i want an iot i want a i want an, a driverless car that i can get on at junction 35 of the m4 and get off at junction and, 4B snooze, right? and be asleep in the back because <laughs> this morning was an early start and and uh and i just i'd love that day yeah oh. yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be the dream yeah oh quite polarizing though connected and driverless cars some people love the idea and others are uh i hate it but the thing is though because you've got you mean in in other countries you have like i I know i'm going off piste here so i'll 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 bring myself back on track (laughs) but you have like these trains you can drive your car on don't go yeah but that doesn't quite work because i I still have to like wait to get the train in it i'm like i'll do that myself but i want to but it's that bit of i'll get on i'll just set the car on go Maybe just get it onto the motorway. I can do that myself. And then I'll just climb in the back and wake up in, in two hours later <laughs> yeah. and fully refreshed. Hopefully not dead. Hopefully not, hopefully hopefully not dead. Not but dead. I'll just make a super safe roll cage that if it yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. I'll survive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I've digressed totally and utterly and I might even edit this bit out. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, t- yeah, we talked yeah, about yeah. it. So we, we, we sort of talked about what it is. But so what's the, what's the good things and, and what are the bad things? That you, sort of What are the benefits or the... Unbenefits. What's an unbenefit? I made that up. Unbenefit. Yeah, yeah. So you've got but good and bad things. Then you have benefits and disadvantages. Disadvantages. That's it. Luckily, you've got better England than I have. <laughs> Go on, then. Yeah, I'd say I'd say the the the, the good stuff about it is, um, I guess, it, uh, a lot of it's about freeing up our time to do other things, uh, valuable things. Uh, you know, in a business context, it's freeing up people's time, and you're connecting and automating things getting data insights actually allowing you to be a lot more innovative yeah. you come up with new business models you can be a bit edgy a bit exciting you can do new stuff you can come up with new business ideas and in our home lives you know it, it allows us to i don't know switch the cooker on or um turn, know, on, the, turn on the washing machine yeah the washing machine right. An yeah. hour before you get home yeah save you time so then when you get home, oh you, can... you just reminded me i've left my blooming washing machine you're gonna be all musty by the time i get in now nice <laughs> nice oh, well, i have to wash gear. it again <laughs> all my rugby kit, all my rugby refereeing kits in the washing Lovely. machine, all See, getting nice and smelly. If you had an IoT of washing, then uh, you'd be able to do that from your phone right now. And then when you got back, you'd, you'd be able to just spend your evening doing something else. Hanging up. Than, yeah, watching Netflix. Rather than, um, watching Netflix and other, other online providers of content. Rubbing mildew from your red rugby top. It's not red, it's blue. Blue? It's like a duck egg blue. Scotland type. supporter. <laughs> no, it's not navy blue, it's a duck egg blue type thing. Anyway, you've digressed again now. Mm. Right, okay. So rugby. That, um, yeah, stop that. Um, you do an IoT of rugby, actually. Do you know Have you noticed? Yeah. You ever look at uh, any of the international matches, the rugby shirts, you'll see... Just, oh, the big lumps at the back of their... The, yeah, the big lumps at the bottom of the neck, above yeah. the, just above the shoulders. There's a little uh, box built into the shirt, and that's uh, doing things like uh, GPS, speed, trajectory, and most importantly, uh, impact. So they can actually. Didn't they have ones that stick on the back of your ear as well? Yeah. I remember seeing those sensors. Yeah. So that's just examples of sensors being used, but obviously yeah. it's what what the data gives you. You then got to have some sort of what's the the ana- analyzing of the data that gives You've you something. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's the good? So what's good about IoT apart from putting me washing on? <laughs> 
I, I, I think it's it's all the stuff we've just said. It's about automation, making things programmable. It's just freeing up our time to spend on the far bit, more valuable and useful Because the interesting thing, and it's been in the news lately, and I don't try to give too many timestamps, so we won't talk about football scores, will we, Edwin? Um, What's football? Oh, shut up, you. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it has been in the news, isn't it, a lot lately, about, literally in the, in the last few days, about productivity, how the UK mm. is, an, a, a, is a sort of, I know, 30% less productive than other yep. nations in Europe. It was on the radio this morning, actually. Yeah, it was. I was. Were you listening to Radio 4 as yeah, well? I was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah go. Other shows are available. Like Boring ours. Radio 4 people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to it. So, yeah, yeah, but I, so, so it was, isn't it? So they were quoting 30%. Yep. And, and I know with the, and last week I was listening to the radio and they were quoting 40% behind France. Yep. And so um, the challenge is... is, is is Internet of Things the thing that's going to solve this? Because I, in my mind, I just go, well, you can automate stuff, but you still got to... Where's this, are we going to make us less productive or is it more productive? As in, okay, we've got things, measuring things, automating things, we've got robots, we've got automated yeah. factories, things like that. But where's the... And we had this discussion earlier on with, with a, on a previous podcast with Phil Smith, who's, who's um, used to be our, our head, of, uh, head of the UK and Ireland. But he does a lot of uh, work in, in productivity mm. and, and that sort of piece mm-hmm. uh, of, of productivity and skills of the UK. And it's like... And the one thing he always said was about, okay, you can bring all this automation in, but you could then reskill your force yeah, to be... Because yeah. it's like the Industrial Revolution again. Right? We are going into an Industrial Revolution. And if we yeah. can't be productive now, then... Yeah we're just going to have a bunch of people well, who aren't going to be skilled to, to meet yeah. the needs of the future or we're going to have a very small workforce of skilled people and we won't be productive because we won't be able to take advantage fully of yeah. IoT it's, and automation. Um, so it, it's, it, well, it, it's interesting actually, just you're quite right. We are at a point um, and, and it could be a revolution, right? But we are at a point and, and maybe this is getting a bit heavy for this this particular podcast, but um, it's interesting as in the past whenever we've dealt with uh, automation and things like the Industrial Revolution where we brought in sewing machines and factories for the first time mass production so on and so forth and you know we went from horse to you know to to steam Steam engines steam engines etc and we were kind of we were always moving in that direction and it it, the one thing that was different then was you always had a a market that was so big and you always needed a a quantity of people to address it and they were always reasonably relative um the difference with uh, with with where we're at now, with things like IoT and automation and, and and these things, is actually because we're connecting everything, we're monetizing everything, we're creating a much 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 bigger market, right? A colossal market. But actually, because it's all becoming sort of AI and automated, the number of people that we need to address it is much 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 smaller. So the the challenge there is that you've got lots and lots of money and lots of market actually filing down to a very small number of people. Because are they, it wants to be, but who are those people? So, I mean, if you look at uh, platforms, businesses like Facebook, um, like Uber, uh, you know, you, you're talking about platforms and programs that, or businesses that actually only require a very small number of people to work for them because it's all being run through apps. Yeah, like Uber, for example. But you still need a factory. You mean, but you. So what? If you looked at a factory, like you say, there's a sewing machine mm. factory or, or whatever it is. That then you go right. Okay, we've now ma- make mass produce whatever it is, something mm. making t-shirts or whatever. How does IoT actually help that? And how would how would that sort of t-shirt factory then look in the future with IoT and analytics yeah. and things like that? But what's the difference? Well, IoT is connecting the machinery and automating it. 
and then you've got machine learning and AI and all of these things that are basically teaching well, what would the sewing be a machine to think for itself. So you don't, you're <laughs> not with the machine. So would you need a machine operator then, or would you still need a? Would it, would that operator then go, and that operator will need to be reskilled to do something else? Well, in theory, they get reskilled and they become I don't know they become programmers, or maybe they mitigate or you know intervene when things do go wrong, but. Yeah, you know, the and, crux and of it also, is, is less of them needed. And also the, the, the amount of op- machine operators you need shrinks yeah. because of automation. Yeah. So you're not going to all of a sudden go from, you know, um, having 100 machine operators, you're going to be going down to about 10. Yeah. That can look after a fleet of machines. So but what about the other? So if there was 100 people employed by that company, and, mm. that, and there is, you know, I'm sort of thinking that that productivity going right yeah, yeah. we're a more productive country but we've, yep. you know our, our unemployed our employment rates have just gone up but it's, it's that bit of the re the, in my mind only and because the, the bias i'm bringing is from that that mm. the 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 podcast i did with phil yep. Smith a few years ago yep. go back and listen to it if you want to um not right now stay here please <laughs> um is is that bit of reskilling the workforce and, and yeah he, 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 I don't know if he said it or I said it. it was was that you I mean apparently, and I'll say apparently because I don't know if it's an urban myth or something or mm. fake news or whatever. But they said that more people were employed after the industrial revolution than before. Yeah, so that's, that's but they're doing different jobs. You've got yeah, now yeah, machine yeah. maintainers, you've got steam drivers, you've got yeah. people who can build them, build those steam engines. But it's 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 that change. Well, of, that's what they say at the moment. Is uh, they think they think something like eighty percent of the kids that are at school today will eventually end up doing jobs that haven't even been invented yet. Yeah. Um, But the interesting thing about IoT is actually the view this time in terms of how it shapes and remolds the workforce, which is probably a little bit scary for people like uh, us in the room, which is they think IoT and AI, machine-based learning, is more likely to replace knowledge-based workers earlier on than say blue collar workers which has always been the, the kind of revolution the more manual yeah in the past it was about taking a thousand people and doing it with 10 well actually you know those guys in terms of their their incomes you know versus i don't know accountants or solicitors or bankers you, know, you think how much those guys earn and actually the reality is that they're only earning that because they know something that most other people don't know or have knowledge-based workers yeah. yeah well how many people turn to google these days for their first answer to a question they come up with Oh, and actually, it's funny when you go to the um, to the GP and you are, you have a problem, and the first thing he does is go on Google to find out what the answer is. Yeah. Oh God, that's scary! Don't say that. <laughs> so actually, you know, we're connecting people. people's homes to healthcare systems. Because I've got I've got a connected home. You mean I I to a certain extent. You mean I've got it's Wi-Fi everywhere, and I'm connecting my heat. Well, the main things is my heating system is mm. now I would call that as internet. What are you using Hive. Hive and other yeah. ones are available. But if you want to say, <laughs> hi, if you want to send me some more stuff, I'll, I'll definitely take it. Um, uh, yeah, so but that's great though. And an example of the convenience of that is one. There's a couple of things. The analytical data is nice because I actually got an e- I get an email every sort of month and says and it compares me to my ha- local Hive users, mm. and um, and it tells me. And I was really chuffed because I was 0. 0.2 of a degree cooler than yeah. my neighbours. So I'm good. That's great. Um, and that was the bit of the reassurance as well, because I keep thinking, my, my wonderful wife, Karen, hello, big shout out. I know she's not listening. Um, always turns the heating up. I'm turning it down. We have that bit of special relationship. And uh, But then I'm going, do you know what? I'm the sort of I'm around about the same. I'm, I'm pretty average compared to everybody else, which is data I would never have known. 
Yeah. Never, I'm never going to know Did what Justin heat... Wollen just call himself pretty average Yeah, I am pretty average in regards yeah. to my heating <laughs> um, but then the other thing is is the convenience of being able to go do you know what like you say you talk about the washing machine about oh I'm on my own it's really cold today I want to make sure the heating's on yep or I was sat, I was working from home the other day and literally I was on my laptop and I was working and I just went straight to Hive put the heating on because mm. it was cold um, so this that convenience yeah. side of it, it's the, but then also on the analytics side of thing of going, how am I comparing? Yeah. Um, does it automatically adjust um, temperature in your home? Y- yeah. Uh, no. No. It just does it to uh, it does to the temperature I still set it okay. to. So. so the the Google version which I have Nest oh. actually uses machine learning to determine when people are at home and when they're not at home, and it will turn itself off to save energy. So That's clever. Really smart. Oh. That's clever. God. Thanks for that. That's clever. But then when I was researching this, I know we've gone top piece and I might even edit this out. But when I, when I was researching that, it was saying like Google aren't investing in Nest anymore. So I was like, oh, right, okay, I'll, I'm going to stick with yeah, Hive. Yeah, and it was, it was Nest or Hive, and Nest yeah. or Hive. And it was like literally being a geeky techie person. And I went down to all the different things and I went, oh, Google aren't, the people that, the, yeah, in the yeah. news groups or whatever, they said, oh, Google aren't investing in it much yeah, anymore. So I went, so I went, so well, what about made my um, choice? Even though this podcast isn't about this, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what about what about an IoT of like, teeth? How about an IoT of teeth? I and I know two dentists. Yeah, and, and who I got a football with. Hello, I know Tom won't listen or Halen, but, but hello to them to, to anyway. My, to my, to my, to, <laughs> hello to them anyway to my dentist friends. Yeah, yeah. So an IoT of teeth. So you can now get smart toothbrushes. That oh, actually... I thought you. Own, I'm thinking like teeth with implants, no, and no, they're no, like no, off no, James so Bond. You get a toothbrush that actually can tell whether or not you're brushing all of your teeth and how often and how much and you can actually use that data with your dentist so you can turn it to your dentist the dentist can, can upload the data from your toothbrush and say oh Justin you've been doing a really naff job of brushing your molars at the back of you your mouth you need to sort that out and it'd be sort more, more preventative than quite yeah, wow. so there's healthcare outcomes too wow. right? and, uh, and who makes them tough brushes then I pass I don't know I, does but, it have camera in it then to know what you you tell me it's, oh, it's an IOT of teeth but uh, that's the magic of IoT. Sometimes it's that discreet. But I mean, we've done uh, we've done projects the uh, with, in Manchester with City Verb that you might know about, um, yeah. which is pretty cool actually. Um, and in fact, um, you know that one again is another healthcare outcome where uh, we integrate uh, a mechanism into bus stops. So when people come to a bus stop to catch a bus, it flashes up a screen that says, "Oh, Edwin." Um, if you walk half a mile further down the road to the next bus stop... To Old Trafford. To Old Trafford. <laughs> actually... That's a hint there of his football team. We will pay for your bus fare. It will take you 20 minutes. The next bus will be there in 22 minutes. Right? And they'll pay for your bus fare. And they're doing that because it's getting you more active. It's making you work more. And actually, the burden to the NHS of paying that bus fare is less than when you come in complaining because, I don't know, you're... you're limbs are falling off or you've got fat or something stop banging the table oh. yeah stop banging the table and stop playing with your badge <laughs> i'll edit that bit out but can you stop doing it edit that bit out yeah yeah, yeah. um so it, it, from the from the, there's lots of benefits and i think the one thing that and I, we've called this out in other podcasts is that when people are listening they, and, and if they're running a business or something like that they need to think about what can iot what is a kind of what if i could if i could get data from something what what would that be and what would it be valuable to me and and i think sometimes i don't think you know the answer in the sense if i stick a sensor on like a room or you stick a sensor on a desk or you stick a sensor on your car or stick a sensor on these microphones or whatever you might not know what the what the 
the solution is or what the benefit would be. But if you then gather that data and do some analysis on that data, then you can go, do you know what, actually, I didn't think I even knew the value of what, what, what the, of the data I was getting. So I'll give you one example. And I think that it's bear, worth bearing in mind that we are at a stage right now in the industry where it's an information age and information is currency in itself. Mm-hmm. Data is worth more now than it used to be before. Uh, so if you if you look at things like um, what Nike have done before, and uh, oh, put that thing in the just, shoe. Yes, exactly. Yeah, what was it right? called, Nike thingy majiggy? Yeah, because you used to get it and you used to have the it used to go on the bottom of your foot and then you would connect to your iPhone or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, and all of that data. Other phones are available, but from the yeah, IoT exactly. of shoes, right? And and if if it has location information, I don't actually know. Oh my god, you're not even that old. I'll tell you one example. <laughs> if, if, if 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 imagine a shoe has. If, uh, it can track your lo- your location, right? And if you're running out around Central Park, it knows exactly where you stop to take a breather. It can give a recommendation to Krispy Kreme to open up a little pop-up shop. No, you don't do that. <laughs> but it's that, but there's right? that data though of spotting exactly. that. Yeah, and we're doing it now because there's lots of apps out there that are connected to your phone and and, and things like that. You can start spotting out. And I remember on on the cycling one. I know you do cycling as well, yeah, don't yeah. you? It, it can actually send you recommendations going training to help you prove you're climbing on hills and stuff like that yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. seen where you're it can actually say, do you want to know but obviously you have to upgrade to premium for that but yeah, yeah. but that's that's all interesting so there's lots of good and and, and i think what what's the, i don't know what were the bads well I, for me probably the bad bit is actually just deciding on what you're going to do because i think is it too much data yeah and that's it a lot of customers just get overwhelmed and end up in inertia and and, and it's you know as people that are out there helping people do IOTs it can be it can be far too easy to sit in a room like the three of us are doing now and talk about it for hours and hours and hours and then end up not actually doing anything yeah and 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 the struggle is actually you know to Edwin's point there's so much data you know and as you were saying Justin you're connecting all these sensors and actually doing some analysis and understanding where the value is well you know that's the that's the hard part is actually prioritizing the thing how do we pick which you know it's like we've got to pick something so let's pick one thing and prioritize it by value to the business whether that's in revenue or savings or health and safety or whatever it is but do customers have the right people to do that decision because if you mean the end of the day you could put iot out there but then there's like but i need a business analysis somebody can analyze this data then because a ceo or a business owner you could be a factory owner yeah and and it doesn't have to be massive you could be employing like i don't know 100 people on it making mm. making something um and you go do you know i'm gonna start connecting stuff right okay great yeah but the data you could gather all this data and show it in a spreadsheet or something like that and go well there you go here's some data and you'll go i don't know what to do with that Lovely. Yeah. do you need some do you need, do you need to start to skilling people up to, or in hiring people to be able to do that i think it's more about skilling people up because you can never replace someone who has that industrial knowledge about what what it is their business want to do mm-hmm. and it's those people that you need to elevate to understand what that data gives them and what kind of insights they can mm. bring into their business. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's where the real advantage is. Someone who knows how to make shoes know exactly everything about the shoe. Mm. Additional data that they can have to... Can make help them make a better shoe exactly. or a stronger shoe mm. or a, a, a trendier shoe or do you know what I mean? Or exactly. a, a, yeah. a better manufactured shoe. Yeah. Okay, so you need a bit of both then. Yes, you do. You still need a, the people with the actual knowledge of the yeah. industry, but then you need people who can actually 
take the data and analyze it and, and translate it and stop banging the desk. You can't get sit still, can you? Nah. Um, <laughs> um, where am I now? Yeah, uh, but able to provide data to the industrial knowledge people. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right I think I think it has to bring incremental uh, value as well because the, the other issue with IoT sometimes is that generally... Yeah, I mean, we love to talk about use cases, right? Uh, the use case for this and the use case for that, and it's fun, you know, it's wonderful. But the challenge is, all you seem to do is is look at things you already know you've got a problem with, yeah, or look at things you it's, already it's know. Finding the things you don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you know, it's like we we deliver a solution that tells you when um, you've got too many boxes stacked around your fire exits. Well, you already knew you had a problem with boxes around your fire exits. So actually, you know, a little bit of a process. But it's the thing of going, do you know, oh, this is how well your factory is running. But did you know on certain days there's a fluctuation in, in, in the heating, your heating goes up and that's actually costing you an yeah. extra X amount of thousands of pounds yeah. every, because you're going, oh, I didn't even know that. Right. How quickly is that to solve? Can we, how was the quickest? What you yeah. Okay. It's got to solve a problem, and I think it's also got to deliver incremental value. It's got to address yeah. something that you didn't necessarily okay. know was yeah. there. So, so what are we doing as Cisco? Because it's so, a Cisco podcast. Yeah. One, one more. Oh, go on. We, we can't talk about IoT without talking about security, and I think mm. that's the the major hurdle in yeah. IoT. In that, if you look at different sensors and things that are being developed to gather information, they're not built securely. Well, that's the thing. If you go back to the driverless car, they've been proved that they can be hacked. So it's it's yeah. it's that yeah. that I'm, I'm sure, I think that's been proved. <laughs> I'm sure you can, if you can Google. But it's, it's yeah, like yeah. anything. Once it's connected, it potentially can be hacked. I mean, yeah. there was the the whole thing with the the terrorists with the iPhone, and the CIA wanted Apple to let them get access to it, right? And Apple said no. And it's not because they like terrorists. It's because well, once they create the software or the ability to hack that phone, in theory. Anyone could get that. Well, hands no, because it. It, wasn't it they needed the encryption key, doesn't it? Because yeah. they say that we can encrypt the. Yeah, they couldn't. It would take too long, or for them to try and. But the fact was, as soon as they create that access to that phone, in theory, a disgruntled employee or a, but it's yeah, but it's, it's not with the access though, but it but yeah, but you look at the, some of the biggest security. And I mean, Mark Jackson, who's not on the on, on the podcast today, but he but you look at some of the the biggest security attacks have been. Um, denial of service attacks where people have taken or, or hackers have taken over IoT devices with yeah. cameras yeah. they took over thousands of cameras because yeah. everyone left them as default passwords exactly. username and password and, and, and hacked them and made a massive DDoS yeah. out of it to hack this guy's web to bring down this guy's website so you don't even have to be in breaking encryption all I need to do is be able to take over something yeah. Or yeah. start getting some to do, get something Just to do. Brute force password. Brute force, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so from that, so that security is a, is a huge part of that, and I and I get that, and and, be, and believe me, my my hive password is mega special, and yeah. all the things that that a security guy would recommend, I've done. Mm-hmm. You know what's scary as well? There's there's actually a, a website I can't remember the name, but you you can put your public IP in. And it will tell you exactly what the connected devices in your home are, and what the default Ooh, username do you have that? And password is. Can yeah, we, I can, can send out. Send out. We'll security. put it on. The, we'll put it on the it, link. It was actually on um, on BBC Panorama when they were doing it. Oh, good. Well, you're going to have to share that now. Yeah. We'll share that at the end. We'll put that in the blog so uh, that goes with the podcast. That's scary. Okay. So yeah, security is a huge, massive one. So, mm. but what, so is that is that one of the things that Cisco is doing? We're trying to help to make this secure. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. So how do we do that then? Well, I think to Edwin's point, um, actually, uh, the challenge that most of our customers are having is um, 
they've probably got a rough idea in terms of what they want to do or how they want to do it, whether it's cost saving, whether it's revenue generating, whatever the reason to do it is. And a lot of them are actually choosing not to do it because they can't actually guarantee that once they connect this stuff, it's actually going to be secure. So security is stopping them compliant. doing it. Yeah. So actually, you know, all these great benefits of IoT are actually, you know, being put on the back burner by people, by customers, because they can't guarantee it's going to be secure and okay. compliant. You know, I, I give an example of a, a, a of a, a customer who was uh, compromised not all that long ago, um, you know, and the, the guys that got in onto the network actually stole their, or tried to steal their chemical recipe for the product that they manufacture. Okay, so they tried to steal their IP. Okay, they got on via a connected machine, they tried to steal their intellectual property and then tried to actually interfere with the version of it that they left with the customer. So not only did they try and steal their ingredients, but they tried to change and affect the ingredients that they left uh, that left them with so that they would produce an inferior product without even knowing it in the future. So actually, you know, to be able to say that, you know, to be able to secure something and make it compliant is, is, is by far and away the biggest concern. Okay. So, uh, what else is Cisco doing in this space? Obviously, we're doing security stuff. So, so yeah, but what what specifically security are we doing? What, 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 do we need to talk about that? Yeah, we can we can talk about that, um, and we'll drill down a, a bit of that in some of the use cases that. Okay, so are they are there? Um, so, w- w- do we want to go to use cases, or do you want to talk about Industry Four Ah, uh, Industry Four is a good, actually, a good use case yeah. in itself. So, so what is Industry Four Do both. Wow, what's Industry 4.0? Well, you wrote it on the board. <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, Industry 4.0, I suppose, is it's we were talking about revolution in manufacturing. Uh, I guess that's the, the next sort of ongoing, uh, I'm going to call it a journey in terms of uh, industry, uh, funnily enough, uh, given the name, um, where we're talking about factories, warehouses, um, industrial environments uh, moving towards better insights, more pervasive connectivity, automation, programmability, uh, and all of those good things we were just talking about. Predictive mm-hmm. maintenance, some of the, 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 the use cases there, being able to uh, track, if, if, if they're into building product, being able to track parts that they use to build a product and being able to follow that through uh, after-sale model and being able to guarantee that 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 manufactured good is authentic mm. and it will be be able to operate to a certain level of guarantee. Mm. Oh wow, great! Things like that. So we got um, we got an automotive customer who um, is actually a really good uh, example for a, for a whole bunch of reasons um, for this podcast. Yeah. Um, but they make uh, they make you know um, quite uh, exclusive vehicles, shall we say? And um, they, uh, some of their older cars are coming back to market at the moment. Um, and obviously, they've gone up in value. So they're now worth millions and millions. Um, but only if they can prove that all the parts in it are legitimate original parts and that the vehicle has been serviced by its strict schedule and that all the bits that need to be changed at certain you know intervals have all been mm-hmm. done. Otherwise, it goes from being worth 15 million to 5 million. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a big investment you've got to protect. 
Okay, so so what's so what's this customer doing then? So what's this customer doing from an IoT perspective then? So uh, from from an IoT perspective, they're looking at all sorts of different things. Uh, recently, on the security case, we were just talking about. Um, they've decided to build a whole new facility for manufacturing uh, where they're leveraging our technology and our solutions. So uh, do you want to be a bit more specific? Or? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll let, I'll let Ed, Edwin talk about that. Well, one of you can. Yeah, but essentially, essentially what we're doing there is um, they're building their castle on a sound foundation rather than sand. So they are deploying a secure, compliant, and agile fabric. And beyond kind of the, the fluffy statement that I've just made, what is that? At least you realized it was a fluffy it was statement. Fl- it yeah. was a bit fluffy. But but basically what that means is that they're deploying uh, Cat9Ks with DNA Center and extending that into the new factory and warehousing facility using the industrial Ethernet port- portfolio, industrial network director, extending ICE and StealthWatch into the OT environment. So... A lot of all that you, you talk about there all being covered in other podcasts. So if you want to know about DNA Center and SDA, this podcast talk about that. Uh, StealthWatch, we've done a podcast on that, which is a really good one. And ISE, we've talked about quite a lot as well. So, mm, um, but, but anyway, many, do, you, do, yeah, you wanna, but, do you want to defluff that for me? Yeah, so yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah. let me, let me um, kind of um, open that up and explain that in a bit more technical detail. Uh, so, so the customer is building a new factory um, for making car, different car parts, um, and they're using different machineries to do that. They're actually um, building, um, using some chemical products to build these parts, mold them, shape them up, and then make it into the final products where they can ship it to be assembled as a car. Right. So as part of that process, they need all the different machineries to be connected, first of all, uh, because they need to be able to operate them, they need to schedule how they how they're working. Also, they need the the the, the robotics and the different machineries, um, the vendors of those machineries to come in remotely, upgrade those machines, and and provide fixes when there are issues. Right. So the network connectivity is very important because it allows them to function um, and, and operate their business. Now, the the issue they saw there is around okay, if we connect all of these things. How do we safeguard them? How do we protect these set of machineries from affecting these sets of machineries or, or this workbench where we have you know, a group of machines working together to produce an end result? So the discussions there was, okay, well, the connectivity there, this is a, could be a very harsh environment. It's, it's in a factory environment, so it's not, it's not exposed outside, but you've got um, dust, uh, material dust, carbon dust, all sorts of different types of, um, you know, environmental things to be concerned about, and that's why Cisco's internet, uh, internet, um, industrial Ethernet switches were the were the right platform of choice to make sure that they can withstand those environments, but also provide that basic connectivity that they needed. And on top of that, we needed to provide that security layer. So we looked at things like. Um, how do we protect devices when, if we don't understand what those devices are? Mm. So first of all, we needed to have some sort of visibility mechanism to understand that, ah, this is a Siemens um, HMI or this is a Siemens PLC or this mm-hmm. could be a Rockwell's you know, robotic arm or whatever it could be. So we needed a way to vi- uh, vis- uh, have that visibility of those endpoints. Mm. And the way we do that is 
through using a product called Cisco Industrial Network Director. Now, yeah. Industrial Network Director is basically a very small software that can run on a uh, on a Windows machine, on a laptop, or you can put it as a VM in your in your data center. And all it does is, first of all, provide management to those IE 4K switches, but it also speaks the industrial protocols like SIP, S7, Profinet, Modbus, yeah. Modbus, and and the list is going keeps improving and expanding. And so it will talk those protocols to understand what those endpoints are. And by the nature of the way that those protocols behave, they will respond back with information about what they, what that endpoint is, what's their serial number, what's their mm -hmm. model number, what's their firmware. And, and then with that information, we can categorize and group those endpoints mm -hmm. and provide policy that determines communication between different... So it's like a translator of... IOT, so it speaks the language of the Internet yeah. of Things, because there's no not well, one thing speaks the same thing. Not because no. we come from an, a, a technology world and everything speaks IP. Yeah. These things don't speak IP. Yeah, it, they speak, and that's common in IOT. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Air conditioning units don't speak the same language that your laptop does. No, but it's it's that, and so because of that, it, this what this this IOT director yeah. Yeah. is that the right thing called? Yeah, the IOD. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's 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 the IOT IOTD. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to copy Industrial like that. Network Director. Industrial Network Director. It, it does that translation. So then when we talk about policy from our perspective mm -hmm. on the network, we want to know, we can recognize that it's a phone, it's a laptop, what kind of laptop, mm -hmm. what version of, I, of iOS it's running, because mine's a Mac, or what version of Windows. Yep. What ver You can go down to like even start to get, you mean what antiviruses are on there and that sort of stuff. It's getting more visibility on the endpoints when the endpoints don't aren't directly connected to the network. That's yeah. it? Well, they are oh. connected to the network, but they don't speak... Oh, they don't the speak... Traditional network language. Right. Yeah. Right. So do they have an IP stack in them then, do they? Some have an IP stack. Some do Ether IP, um, which is basically... Um, is sort of like an Ethernet protocol, um, but it's not Ethernet. Uh, it's something... If I, if I plug an Ethernet cable into it, it sort of does stuff. Yeah, it, it just does. <laughs> but just not the stuff, stuff that we expected to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not really doing Ethernet. It's doing a bit of IP. Speak gobbledygook. Yeah. yeah. Some do Ethernet and don't do IP. They do the only three products. But it's down stack. again to the manufacturers that haven't standardized on. They just standardize on what they're product right. does they don't standardize in industry exactly. that's interesting because then you have the you have the, the sort of sta world standards authorities or, or the, like we have the british standards authorities which was the european standards authorities and then you look with the american but this is a, a perfect example of there's no real standard around the world on building industrial equipment yeah uh, some of them are highly specialized as well because of the precision yeah. of those machines and how they need to work ethernet ip just doesn't cut it because of it's not deterministic. You know, time synchronization and, and, and deterministic. They need to be super, super, because there's too much latency in Ethernet, so it's not, I can't use yeah, Ethernet. Imagine a robot, robotic arm missing by, you know, three meters. Cause, yeah, so. because like TCP can go, or whatever, yeah. it can go, oh, I lose a packet, I'll lose, yeah, but that's yeah. too late then, because yeah. that piece of machinery is not going to manufacture correctly. Yeah. Right, okay, I got it. But that's, and that's a really, really good point here about, you know, what's Cisco doing and, and how do we differentiate ourselves? Because we've come from an industrial pedigree, we are used to and have intellectual property and solutions that have been speaking these weird and wonderful languages for a very long time. And so, you know, as IoT comes along, 
there, which is involved in predominantly connecting a bunch of weird and wonderful kooky new things like mm-hmm. thermostats. Um, actually, what language do they speak? Well, funnily enough, we've, we've, we've already got a whole bunch of those languages. So we're already translating stuff already. Yeah. And is that something that we built ourselves or are other vendors out there doing it? Is this well, this is, a... this is the cool, really cool thing about what we do, which is that you know a lot of our IT um, com- competition understands the IT side of things, you know, and that's great. And, and a lot of our OT competition understand the OT side of OT things. OT being? Uh, operating technology. Thank you. So... so but very few, in fact, none to the degree that we do can actually do both. And that's where we really bring our greatest value is the fact that we can, uh, we can bridge the gap between IT and OT. And, and that's what we've done with this car manufacturer is that we've been able to connect all their... We've been able to securely connect because we understand each of these devices create security policies like we do with the identity services engine. We're actually using identity service engine, actually. So what the industrial network director is doing is telling ISC these are the endpoints because natively ISC doesn't understand it. Yeah, because we understand lots of, I know there's lots of signatures, not signatures, but there's lots of profiles in there, aren't there? There's, there's IT profiles. IT yeah. profiles, but not industrial profiles. Yeah, exactly. So that's where the industrial network director there you go, I got that right. Uh, that's where that comes in then. So it's that talking between and it's translating yeah. and then, but also translating the other way as in I'm, it can sort of, will it monitor the communication? Not monitor, what I'm trying to think of is, is going right. It's making sure that the right flows of information are going to the right endpoints, industrial endpoints. Have no, I got that wrong? No, it's, it's all, literally what it's doing is translating the gobbledygook that a robotic arm or an air conditioning unit is speaking into a language that Ice and Stealth Watch understand. Compiles right, okay. it into a... Into ah, a, right, it yeah. does that. And yeah. then from that monitoring, so when it's doing that translating of the an industrial gobbledygook into something that's something a stealth watch, which obviously looks at all the flows of data yeah. and spots bad behavior, yeah. it can then go, I can spot if that arm is being taken over by somebody dodgy trying yeah. to do something and bad. you don't just see the IP or the Mac, right? You're contextualizing that information in stealth watch and in IFC. So oh, okay. It's no longer just a Mac and IP address. You can so it's see a that. huge security thing as well Absolutely. then, isn't it? So, so, massive. so you get, so if I've got this right, so I, I, industrial networking director will give you translate the communications, yep. will give you visibility of what the actual endpoints are yep. in regards to industrial endpoints, can then do the translation of their, that traffic, the gobbledygook that, that, that IP doesn't understand into something that IP can understand and use to make analytical security decisions on. So it's not, it's not translating other IP. Layer. So it's not, it's not involved in any of the data plane. It's not, no, it's just monitoring it, but it's, it's translated, yeah. but I'm going, I can see that, I can see that, but that, that's proper traffic, that's proper, oh, yeah. that doesn't look like proper traffic, that looks like somebody's trying to do something bad. Yeah. And it's working yeah. in conjunction Because it doesn't have to, because because like Stealthwatch, sorry, sorry, because the bit I'm trying to go, is that when Stealthwatch doesn't look at what the actual data is, it's just looking at the, at, at the traffic type and yeah. flow, like a phone records, yes. isn't it? Anomalies, yeah, yeah patterns. Yeah. And, and, and what you would typically see in Stealthwatch is, source to destination IP or source to destination yeah. Mac. Whereas with with IND in a mix, mm-hmm. we get to see, ah, actually it's a Siemens robotic arm talking to a Siemens HMI. Okay. And that contextualized information All makes right. you understand whether that's a policy you want to have or not. Okay, awesome. That, that's absolutely spot on. I'm quite happy with that. Um, 
that's really good because that's that i mean is there anything else in there you I mean we talked about the industrial switching we talked about i i like i like industrial networking director quite yeah, like, quite, yeah, quite yeah, fancy I like that i quite fancy that yeah um yeah. all right so okay. guys that is really really great i'm really happy with that that's really interesting um i if i could buy an ib I, industrial networking director i'd buy one now um so are there any other things that you'd like to talk about that's going on in this space? Yeah, do you know what? We've got a, we've got a whole ton of different solutions and we'd love to talk about them all, but probably... I won't let f- you. Yeah, we'll pro- fo- focus in on some of the heroes. Um, so uh, one of the examples being LoRaWAN. What's LoRaWAN? So LoRaWAN is... Uh, as, it, as in, it's an acronym, so say, what's the acronym? <laughs> unless it's called Laura. Unless it's called Laura. Long, long range... I'm going to call it Laura. Low-powered, uh, low-powered um, WAN. Low should we should we should we Google it? Something. Right. Okay. Right. Let's. let's it does. Okay. Something. We'll we'll pin that. Don't worry. There's a good minute or so of editing. I think that. So okay. Uh, Laura Laura Wan. Go on. Laura Wan is a wireless based technology that yeah. can deliver uh, sensor data over very very long distances. So we're talking about whole cities for so example. So mega Wi-Fi. Counties. Yeah. But it's, it's low, really low it's, bandwidth. Because it's low bandwidth. Because yeah. it's low data rates. Yeah. Because it's just. Like lower one power. lower so power, think, and then this low frequency because yeah. obviously the range as well. Correct. So so don't think about lower the video frequency. Streaming. Lower the frequency, higher the range. That's it. So don't think about video. Streaming. May I'm a radio engineer. Yeah, yeah. I was. It's more like uh, yeah yeah yeah. So it's more like it, yeah. What frequencies more, is that? Morse code. Like dot dot. dot yeah, no 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 no. You can do Morse code over anything. <laughs> don't. I the, I used to the, be able to do thirty words per minute. The, Morse code. I'm crazy. Yeah. The, the, point, is, the point is that it's it, it this is this isn't like a, a wireless kind of like streaming video thing. This is actually we're going to take data from say sensors that are monitoring water levels in a river. Yeah. Is this river going to so flood? really good? Yeah, yeah. So like like uh, yeah, environmental stuff. So you yeah. just go and I don't need huge. I just want to need a a, a one or zero, as yeah. in zero uh, sensors. There's no water Water's to up one millimeter. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. I've got one, as in I've got a one now. Say there's been a change in in state. As in, it's yeah. gone up. The water level's gone yeah. up, and that yeah. sort of thing. So that's yeah. So what does that? What do we do there then? So we can do water levels for so for flooding things like that. So what boards. do we make then? So what does Cisco do in this area? Do we just connect things so the, again? There's the LoRaWAN gateway and the, the the connections that actually. So we bring. We don't do the actual sensors. We don't do the radio technology. We do the gateway again, like the, about like the industrial network that's director. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but LoRa is an open standard, so you can buy sensors, LoRa-based sensors, yeah, that yeah, can yeah. connect to our gateway, and that will beam the the information out across the web. Yeah, so the radios actually, um, the the gateway is in itself is a is a radio. Oh right, it is. So it's listening to those sensors, and that's what we make then. Yes. Oh, and so it just sits there, listening to all these gateways coming in. All the not gateways, the gateways listen to all the sensors, sensors. coming in. Yeah. Oh, wow, great. Yeah. And are we doing that in the UK? Are we doing it all over the world? Yeah, or so we're do doing we, it in lots of different places. Um, do you have any examples? I know we mostly can't name them. But. No, we can't name them, but we do have uh, networks all over the place. And very recently, there's been one deployed in Scotland, um, which is all to do with future-proofing certain organizations for IOTs. So where they want to start doing things, maybe they want to start looking at... Um, pollution levels in in the air or in, in cities water. things like that so that's what yeah. could be an example you'd have a a, a pollution center yeah. sat in in a major city exactly. and that, that would just be feeding data yeah. low level yeah. low level data back to a a exactly. uh, to the gateway yeah and then we take that secure it does, exactly it, that. does the does the does ibn come in i i, I industrial networking director come in what get ibn for no because that's a yeah that's a fairly different use case all right yeah. okay. so you wouldn't need that um so what you need is um, 
Because this is, is this one-way traffic only so then, isn't it? Because is it just... Yeah, pretty put, much. Because you, you're taking this, stuff from yeah, the yeah. sensor and not pushing stuff to the sensor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so, this case, we would use something like our Kinetic platform um, to, to, to do this. Okay. And what Kinetic is, in essence, is a, it's a piece of software that we have. And what it does is, in a nutshell, it connects, onboards, and secures the data coming from the sensors over platforms like our LoRa gateways, our LoRaWAN gateways, uh, bundles that data up into a single uh, data flow, if you like, into mm -hmm. one, one trunk, and then fires it out across the network, across you know whatever the connections are, and then redistributes it at the other end to the various different places or single place where that data needs to go. Typically, a dashboard for managing your IoT yeah. of whatever you're doing. So if it's or water levels... You could send that information to, uh, you know, um, a, a cloud provider where they have some um, IoT-based analytics platforms where they can run that that kind of. So you just processing. you'd gate, gateway it up into the cloud, into a cloud platform where it does all the analytical data crunching and that sort of thing, and then Kinetic that would then the feed analytics. into a dashboard that will actually meet, give a business outcome. Yeah. yeah. Or or an outcome. Yeah. But Kinetic, of, Kinetic is about managing the data and the the gateways it, it, we're not providing an any, actual iot dashboard as no such. no you're not providing any analysis you're just providing Correct. a pathway for the that's analysis it. exactly that right okay yeah. or a pathway to the analysis that's it okay great yeah. um guys that's been a really interesting that was more interesting than i thought it would be yeah. only joking uh, no it's really good thank you guys uh, thank you edwin for coming on the podcast both first timers today thank you rich you're both welcome to come yeah. back on again um if if anybody wants to know any more about this where would they go they can contact uh well, they can contact me is there want. a website is there can we go to www.cisco.com for slash go for slash iot yes there is what would that be then would it be www.cisco.com for slash go for slash iot should we just check now that's uh and everything's there? Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, and if they want to contact you on LinkedIn or something like that? Yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, email, Rich Granger. Java, whatever. Yeah, Rich Granger. Um, Eber Jacobson as well. So um, Eber's my partner in crime. All right, okay. And uh, very nice. we've got uh, lots of other very well-informed people, like and Stuart, uh, Stuart Trainer and Roy Donaldson. Oh, lovely. So there's lots of people out there as well. So yeah, yeah. and if they are you going to share that link to that wonderful website that will tell us What's 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 hackable in my house? Yeah. Oh, great. Love <laughs> and it. And actually, and actually, Edwin's a bit of a Jedi on, uh, in particular, on Industry 4.0. So, uh, uh, if you need any of that, yeah. well, if you want to contact the, if you want to contact these guys, you can like, reach out directly, or you can contact the show. Uh, you can contact me at justin at cisco .com, or you can uh, that's email in it two o's one l, or at justin Wallen on Twitter. Or you can look for, look us up on LinkedIn. So uh, thanks for Mr. Lloyd. Oh, 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 one thing we forgot to do. Right, and I keep forgetting to do this, and I need to let you know before we start the podcast, oh. is we do a little feature going, so what is the best uh, swag, sort of tech swag you've had from a, a trade show or from marketing departments? Oh, you, yeah, yeah. And uh, what what uh, tech, what saying would you get rid of into like room 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 tech 101 saying yeah like uh, uh, yeah. journey and roadmap and blue sky thinking and all those sort of stuff so take your time don't rush because as we can uh, swag probably uh, the best one i got was um a power adapter for for travel so a travel power adapter where it can work in the uk work oh, wow. those are quite cool and useful because when you do a bit of traveling yeah gone anything from you 
even in your time in other companies that you used to work for that begin with uh, two two initials what you're saying is what are the best what's the best freebie I've ever had yeah what's your best bit of swag it's your bit of tech swag do you know what it's all a little bit no, come on uh, I got, to be honest it, it would have to be a thermos uh, do you know that's the second time we've had that on you know um, is that set keeps hot things hot and cold really, cold yeah. but they're normally like <laughs> literally uh, they're normally like a bit cheap and rubbish right um, but this one was really good and it lasted it must have lasted about five or six years yeah, mine's and, still going and it, it actually kept things hot for like five or six hours. I, 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 I judge mine yeah I've, mine's not that good but I still got it and I still use it in my car now yeah. I used to have two I'm down to one I've I've, I've they both started to fall apart, so I've broken both together and made one good one yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and and it's still going. And I think it's about eight years old now. And I even used it this morning oh, driving nice. in, and it, yeah. and it and I it keeps it hot for about four. It keeps it hot for long enough to me still to be drinking it when I, after say two and a half hours in the car. So yeah, I'm not drinking ice cold well, tea. One, I'm drinking sort of tepid tea, but it still yeah. keeps it going. Well, this one, this one, I used to be able to make a tea when I leave leave home bright and early at the crack of dawn get into the office, usually leave the cup in the car with some tea still in it. And, and it'd be hot when you got in. whole day, get back. No, I would say tepid again, but it was it's drinkable though. wasn't coughable. It was it's drinkable though, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. get in there and you're still like, oh wow, that's that really impressive. good. That Where'd you get that from? Sorry? Where'd you get that from? That was at, uh, oh crikey, when did I get that? That was at, uh, I think that was at Bet Show. Actually. Oh right, okay. Yeah, oh yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of an indicator, isn't it? Um, all right then guys, thanks very much for joining and oh, uh, thanks very much. Oh, the, oh, he's got another one. Yeah, uh, the, so they all come out in the end. Ditch, you want us to ditch a, uh, an, a, a, an IT term as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, go on then. My favourite one, which really gets on my nerves a bit, is uh, single pane of glass. Oh, just yeah. twice. We've had that one. We had that one my last one. That's fine. You can keep saying it. We'll keep putting it in. Go on, you've got to have one. You're full of them, you are. Am I? I don't know, I'm just being Am nasty I? now. It's because I'm in IoT. Yeah, go on then. What, what, what term would you... Actually, do you know what? I probably do. If you ask me without actually expecting me to give an answer, I'd probably tell you straight away. Oh, I don't know how to do that then. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, well, okay, keep thinking of it. When you do, let us know. Because <laughs> I'm not going to sit around you waiting forever for you yeah. to think of it. I don't know. It's probably It's probably something like... Uh, syncing up or uh, <sighs> or aligning on things I think uh, I don't put sync ups into sync into ups. diaries anymore I just put one to ones in but I don't know if that's still bad either yeah, no, I think let's have a one to one let's have one to one with my team sync makes it sound like I'm a phone I, I, I'd say sick up <laughs> my email yes. alright then All right. Well, thanks very much for the thanks for those guys and uh, sure, sure. thanks very much for listening and if you've got any other words or any anything any good swag or anything like you want to let us know about please uh, reach out to the podcast thanks very much for listening thanks,